Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Man, the season is moving right along, Tyler. It is only a couple of weeks away before we get into our conference championships and bowls. Uh, Hey, man, this is probably the most exciting episode, I think, of the season so far. I know we keep saying each week it's getting better and better, but this week has absolutely topped the charts uh, by far with everything that has happened this past weekend. And we'll jump right into it, Tyler. Uh, we'll start right in the ACC normally where we start. Number four, Clemson went to South Bend to take on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Notre Dame comes out on top in a what I consider a blowout win uh, by these standards and being at home against the Clemson Tigers, who were ranked fourth. Uh, I do want to get your perspective on them being ranked number four at the time and also, uh, you know, why Notre Dame was so good. Uh, I think we both know that their defense really stepped up and played, you know, the best game of the year for them. And, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, for the rankings wise, I thought that they would be number five and that Michigan would be ahead of them and not really the opposite direction. And TCU is another story that we'll get to. Uh, later but yeah I mean throughout the season we have seen you know this Clemson team you know we saw last year with the either the close losses or you know even the close wins like even this season they pretty much uh, struggled in the majority of their games Uh, you know they had a close win against Syracuse you know they had a close win against Georgia Tech I know the scoreboard uh, wasn't that but you know they struggled in the first half and then Notre Dame story uh, that's been this season after that loss against small people you know, wrote them off. Uh, I know that we both did. We didn't 
really see a path uh, to this team of winning a bowl game. But then the, the next week they go out on the road and beat a good Carolina team. And then from there, they've been a really good team. Uh, they're now uh, six and three. Uh, so they got bowl eligibility under Marcus Freeman's uh, first year head coach. Uh, but like you mentioned, this was not even close. Notre Dame's defense uh, was a story in this. Only did they had a pick six. They also had a block uh, punt. That also led to a touchdown. So Notre Dame's defense, I, I just really – that's why I went up last week. I didn't really even Clemson just yet. I know that they had the path to the playoff. It's now probably likely gone. I don't really see uh, Clemson. It really depends on tomorrow night's rankings as well. If they're like number 10, number 11, I, I don't really see it. If they're like seven in that range, I could still see a path to them, but they would need – a lot of chaos uh, like we saw this weekend, but very impressed uh, with Notre Dame. They did just enough on the offense uh, to score. Clemson, DJ Uyungle, uh, he started off the season very strong. I mean, I got to give it to him, but as of late, you know, he's been the quarterback that a lot of Clemson Tiger fans saw last year. He's just, he's just not the guy for the offense. You know, the offense, you know, really the the only positive sign is Will Shipley, the running back uh, but yeah, I got to give credit to Notre Dame. It's hostile environment. Uh, it was a very raucous environment there in South. I just knew that it was going to be, you know, an ultimate test. And not only was it a test, it was a beatdown in Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I will agree with everything you said there. You know, they ran the ball really well. Uh, you know, I think you and I both, you know, put. Notre Dame in that category of being a one-dimensional team. I mean, really all they have is a run game. Uh, and you think Clemson would have been ready for something like that. I know, you know, it is, like you mentioned, a hostile environment there. I mean, that is a very tough place to play. And uh, it doesn't matter when it is, during the day or at night. Uh, but they had a full house there. And I know Notre Dame was probably looking a little bit ahead in this one. And it worked out for them. I mean, uh, it's a big win. I think that they can build off of what uh, has transpired here. I don't think you and I uh, thought Notre Dame even had a chance to go 9-3 and three this year. I, I think it's uh, crazy. I think you and I both were kind of leaning the other way where, you know, it could be a 4-8 a and eight year or, a, you know, a 5-7 and seven year. Uh, but they've turned it around, it seems like. I think it's just personnel getting to know each other more, and I, and I think it is coaching staff at that point. But, you know, what Marcus Freeman has done with them is is a positive step in this direction, and uh, we'll see what happens, you know, as far as, like you said, with the rankings coming out tomorrow. Uh, and for you guys listening, you know, so things are going to change up a little bit as far as that goes. Now that we have – this will be the second week, uh, technically, of the college football playoff rankings coming out. Uh, they do come out tomorrow evening, but uh, we won't be kind of going over those because we really we can at least give we our prediction of what we but, think like the top six is going to be at the end of the right. show. I think we, that would probably be a good thing to do uh, starting now that, you know, we go live on Monday nights and usually they, they reveal it on, on Tuesday nights for other show. Like we can dive into it, but for this, it's projected. Right. It's all projection and, uh, you know, We'll give you the AP top 10 to kind of see, you know, where everybody's at for the most part, because everybody generally there in the top 10 is going to be the teams that are going to be included somewhere in that one through six. Uh, and of course, at the end of the day, if you're looking at the college football playoff, that's all that matters. But of course, there are New Year's six bowls and everything. 
you know, down through the rankings. Uh, but moving away from the ACC, now we'll get into the Big 12. A good game here. Uh, I kind of saw this coming. You know, I talked about this in our upset picks for Sports Scramble. You know, it was one of those things where Texas was looking for something to come back from. They've struggled the last few weeks. I know Quinn Ewers is trying to get himself back to being that dominant quarterback. He started the season well. You play Alabama, he gets hurt. He's just trying to, you know, get back to to normal. And I do understand that. You know, for K-State, you come off of a big win last week, uh, basically an upset win last week, and you turn around and I knew this – I had a feeling this was going to happen, you know, where K-State is riding high off of that, you know, 13th place rank, and here we are in the top 15 and we're rolling – we got big wins on the road, a couple of big wins at home. But this right here was kind of what I expected. And, and, and Texas does come out on top uh, 34-27 on the road in Manhattan, Kansas. I, I feel like uh, it's really it's hard to watch this game just because of it going back and forth in the way it was. You really just didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I do think K-State had plenty of opportunities in order to win this game. It was all about who really had possession last at the end of the day, and Texas got it done. Yeah, that's the beauty of college football. We were talking very high of this K-State team, you know, coming off of a 48 nothing drubbing, and you hit it right on the head. You know, this is a trap game for K-State, you know, coming off an emotional victory and, you know, come back home and trying to beat a very good uh, Texas team that, you know, has three losses, but in those three losses has been all close as well so this is still a good football team they still control their destiny uh in the big 12 especially they can get a big win at home against uh, tcu that could definitely shake up not only the big 12 picture but also the playoff picture as well uh but just going back to this game uh, we did see adrian martinez return in this one we saw will howard uh, last week and it was just a completely different offense i mean deuce Vaughn wasn't able to get it going he he didn't get over 100 yards in this game but Bijan robinson was the the player of the game for me, over 200 yards rushing and a touchdown for Texas. I just feel like, you know, he's going to be the top running back off of the board. And next year's NFL, he's going to be the next to come out of Texas. And then Quinn Ewers, you know, he had a good game as well. Uh, turnover free, That's that was huge. Uh, the past couple of games at Texas, we have seen them. You know, they've been a turn the ball over. So if they can clean it up going forward, especially they need to clean it up against a very good uh, TCU team. But, yeah, this was a back-and-forth game. This is, was just prototypical Big 12 football. The defenses, you know, had their moments, uh, especially uh, for Texas' side. Kansas State uh, struggled defending the run, like I mentioned. But, yeah, this definitely opens up the door uh, for Texas uh, going back uh, to Arlington once again. Yeah, I think the big story is, is that Texas is really out of contention for the most part. Uh, it's all about spoiling everybody else's party at this point. Uh, you spoiled K-State's party, and they've got TCU, like you said, coming up next week, which will be a good one. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. They're not too far from each other, so they'll be clashing and going at it, and it'll be a nice little close rivalry going on there uh, between Austin and Fort Worth. Uh, I think our next game, you know, we move from the big to the big. We'll go to the Big Ten here. Uh, this one here was not expected, I don't think, by anybody, especially those in the Big Ten. And a lot of people from around the country, especially us, I, I didn't think that this was even close to being a trap game. Michigan State, the Spartans go on the road to Champaign, Illinois, and take care of the number 16-ranked fighting Illini, 
23 to 15, another wacky score, of course, because Illinois is involved. Uh, I tell you, this is one of those games that uh, I didn't understand what was going on uh, with Illinois. They could defense couldn't stop. I mean, their defense did not look like they did the previous weeks. It was just completely different. And I'm not sure what that was. Michigan state threw something at them that they hadn't seen yet. I mean, they'd seen basically every side of the book front, back and in the middle, every page. So I, I just feel like this was a strange game for them to lose. Uh, especially Michigan state who has struggled mightily this year. I mean, they really haven't seemed to, get anything going and uh which is unlike michigan state especially after last year you know being a pretty decent team but uh for illinois i mean it, they need to bounce back next week you got a really tough one next week uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but i, I feel like they'll be looking for blood next week maybe this loss is good omen for them maybe next week uh to see what happens because i feel like they can bounce back and be really dominant really good for Michigan State, it's a building block game here, and I think for them going forward, they're just looking into next year and getting guys reps at this point. Uh, but good for them to get their young guys in there and get a win against Illinois. Uh, what's your thoughts? You know, I know we talked a lot about Illinois, and I've been very high on Illinois. You know what? What's the key for them to bounce back? I mean, with next week's game, and possibly, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to spoil their party in the Big Ten West at this stage of the game, but you know, what's the keys to to success? I mean, for them to be at that elite level for that program, well, you know, once Indianapolis rolls around. Yeah. I feel like the questions for Illinois, I know that they had a good defense. Uh, obviously uh, Michigan state spoiled that party. Peyton Thorne uh, showed his veteran experience uh, on the road. I mean, no one thought that Michigan state was going to win this game because they had eight players suspended uh, from that locker room altercation that they had last week in Michigan. I know that we talked, but I mean, Michigan State season was pretty much over like last week. Everyone was just riding them off. This is going to be like a four-win team at best. You know, a disappointing season after you know they had you know one of their best seasons in the past couple of years. But Illinois side, yeah, like you mentioned, like the schedule they have Purdue at home uh, this week. That is a must-win because in two weeks, in two weeks now, you got uh, Michigan and Ann Arbor and. You just lost to uh, the same Michigan State team uh, that only scored seven points against Michigan. So I feel like Illinois' offense really keeps them away from elite. Uh, congratulations, Illinois, uh, for getting uh, to 16. I just feel like uh, the college football playoff committee is just going to kick them out. We, I, I would be shocked if they're still in the top 25. I just think that this is just a very bad loss. I mean, Michigan State coming into this was a was a three and five. A three-win team, excuse me. That, but uh, I, I, that's really the problem. I mean, Tommy DeVito isn't that great of a quarterback. I mean, you have, you know, one of the best running backs in the country, but your running back can only provide so much for you because you know you got to be able to score touchdowns. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan can score touchdowns. Like I get it, the weather, you know, for Ohio State and then Illinois, but Illinois is not even close uh, to be on that level and now it just adds more chaos to the big 10 west especially you know if purdue can get a win on the road then all of a sudden purdue's gonna control their destiny uh, to be indianapolis but i don't really even think it matters whoever comes out of the big 10 west because i just whoever wins that ohio state michigan game win that game by 40 at this rate yeah and it's all about taking that next step like we said you know especially for these teams in the west because uh, you're going to have to compete against two teams coming in 
from the Pac-12 that are going to be pretty good, it looks like, uh, in the future. But, you know, moving away from the Big Ten and out to the Pac-12, um, to the Pac-12, you know, it, another story here where another ranked team falls again uh, to an unranked team, a decently, uh, a decently balanced unranked team, I would say uh, Washington was that team on the outside looking in that is able to beat a ranked team. And it was just a matter of time before they get back on the horse and keep on trucking. And, and this was the case. I mean, Oregon state playing on the road at number 23, they're playing uh, at Washington against the Huskies. Washington holds on at home 24, 21. I feel like Oregon state could have controlled this game from start to finish. Uh, this was out of the norm for them, I think, for a game like this. Uh, I, I feel like the Beavers can still be ranked. I mean, they got to win a couple more games this year in order to stay there. Because there's a lot of teams, you know, once you get down in the mid to, mid to, uh, mid to low 20s, you know, where you get uh, some teams that have losses, and it's close, but... It's uh, it really is like you know one game that can swing the balance there of you being in the top twenty-five or not. Uh, but I feel like they can be at the end of the year, so I, I would still keep them there, uh, even though you lose by three against a decently good Washington team. Tough place to play, uh, and the weather's normally crappy. But yeah, I, I think a three-point loss is is okay with me at least. Yeah, this game really set up. It was an appetizer for what was to come uh, on the Saturday uh, slate of many ranked teams uh, going down. That was definitely uh, the case uh, for Week 10 of college football. But, yeah, this was a defensive battle. We're not used to these uh, in the Pac-12. You know, we're used to seeing like a 44-40 type of game. But we both picked the Beavers, and I was on the fence here. I, I liked how this Oregon State was, team was playing. You know, they played USC close. They had – Big wins against Arizona State, Cal. I know those are not, you know, good football teams, but you know, those are teams that can scare you every Saturday. Washington on the other side has two losses. They're now 7-2. Uh, they have Michael Penix, uh, who's another veteran quarterback uh, coming from the Big Ten. He had an okay game. He uh, had a touchdown then interception. I just felt like this was a battle of the defenses here. You know, it was 14-7 going into the half, uh, but Washington was able to get this one. I believe that the home crowd really helped them. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, I could see this being flipped. Uh, we'll probably see Washington being the 20s now, but I would not be shocked if Oregon State uh, comes back into this. Uh, this was definitely a tough uh, road environment. Washington is a very good football team. And like we mentioned, I mean, the Pac-12 is probably second overall in, you know, being the conference. We know we know that the SEC is probably the best uh, conference this season. And, and, you know, either argue, you know, is it the Big Ten or is it the Pac-12? I just feel like, the Pac-12, you know, even State, and you go down to Washington, those are two good teams that will probably get to, you know, to a good, you know, bowl game, especially, you know, Washington can continue their winning ways. And then, like you mentioned, Oregon State, you look at their schedule, you know, they on the road and you have that annual Civil, civil War rivalry that's always closed. It's always wacky. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't count out this Oregon State team, even with the loss, uh, but really good win for Washington really needed before a big road trip in Oregon. And now to the biggest game of the weekend uh, in the SEC. Of course, you know, we mentioned to you guys, there were a lot of big games in the SEC. You know, the first one being Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, Georgia did win that game in a blowout win at home against Tennessee. But uh, this big game here, number six, Alabama, goes 
down to Baton Rouge to face off against the number 10 LSU Fighting Tigers. Uh, I tell you what, this game here was back and forth and back and forth, and nobody could establish some sort of rhythm in this game. Um, and I think it played into LSU's hands pretty well. I mean, you you've noticed that the games that Alabama has been uh, close with the opposing team in, these games have been no balance whatsoever, kind of all over the place, uh, a lot of stoppages. I mean, it's a long football game. Uh, of course, it did go to overtime. Alabama does fall uh, to LSU 32-31 in Baton Rouge uh, at Tiger Stadium. And, of course, you know, a really tough environment. L- I mean, Alabama knows what they're getting into when they go to LSU, and uh, they I don't think they were ready for it. I mean, this game could have gone either way, though, at the end. I mean, us looking at it, it really could have gone either way, you know, I'll let you talk a little bit about the end of the game. Uh, but for me, I think the biggest highlight of this game is LSU's defense. I know they gave up 31 points, uh, really gave up about 24. You know, you get uh, them a touchdown in overtime, but that's about it. But it to hold Alabama to 24 points, to have pressure on Bryce Young like they did was a big success for them. And I think that going forward, LSU can build off of this win. Uh, but I think Alabama needs to figure out how they're going to protest, protect Bryce Young. It, it just seems like they haven't figured it out in the sense that LSU, that front seven gave them hell all night. And uh, I know they didn't get to Bryce Young too many times, but getting pressure on a guy who's smaller in the backfield uh, is big time. And uh, they forced a lot of uh, incomplete passes and a lot of three and outs and punts that uh, worked out in their favor in the end. Yeah, as, as Tim says here, go Tigers. I bet uh, Tim and all the shoe fans are be good after that. Going back to that game, I went into depth uh, on it on last night's show. We'll talk more about it on SEC Talk tomorrow night. So I'll just give like a brief uh, recap. I, I really want to, you know, focus on the LSU defense. You know, Harold Perkins, uh, he got uh, a defensive player. Of the week honors, and that was definitely warranted. He's really been the dude. Uh, you know, he's only a true freshman, so I think that he's going to be the next Devin White coming through. You know, whereas number 40, I think that he's going to be the next great, you know, LSU linebacker and then the next great NFL linebacker coming up. But that LSU defense really set the tone in the first half. I mean, Alabama offense, you know, going to the first drive, Young is like going all the way down the field. I bet LSU fans are like, uh-oh, here we go again. We're about to get blown out the door. It's going to be like that 2018 game, 29 and nothing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a bend-not-break mentality for this LSU defense. Uh, Jarek Bernard-Converts got the interception, and then, you know, they get a couple of field goals, and LSU finally breaks through with that John Emery touchdown. It's 7-6 to into the half. And then the fourth quarter really – where it was where it was back and forth we saw Bryce Young you know look like a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback on that one play you know you know creating a play with his legs you know finding an open receiver they go up uh, by a touchdown with like left and then here comes Jane Daniels leads uh, the Tigers down the field they have a big run on third and seven with Josh Williams uh walk on and then they get a touchdown uh, to Mason Taylor and then uh, it was a nine it was uh field goal lead and I just knew that watching this game that this was just going to go in overtime it was just warranted that Bryce Young was going to find a way that this Alabama team always finds a way to come back so 
uh, a clutch field goal by Will Reichardt. Uh, past uh, field goals have been, you know, something that Alabama has been haunted by. We saw it in the Tennessee game, but I just feel like he was on the money that night. And then go to overtime, and that's this was just the game of the year. I know that we've had Tennessee and LSU. I mean, not Tennessee and LSU. That wasn't really a game of the year. That was just a blowout of the year. But uh, uh, going back to the to overtime, I mean, Bryce Young once again. Bone, uh, Alabama goes up by seven, and I bet LSU fans are like, oh my gosh, here we go again, another overtime loss against Alabama, another heartbreak here in Tiger Stadium. Then you know they, Jane Daniels on the first play in overtime that they have it, he goes on off of a twenty-five yard run, and then Brian Kelly decides to go for two. Uh, you know, once you back, like I know that we're gonna talk about how. It is because obviously she won the game. It would have been probably the opposite if they would have lost, but what a play call. And like I mentioned uh, on last night's show, the narrative has been that Brian Kelly has able to games. I think he silenced that uh, last night. Uh, so all the critics that we've seen in the preseason uh, should, should really, you know, shush at this rate. I think that Brian Kelly has proven that he can actually win the big games uh, with the tag. I'm not saying that he didn't have the talent at Notre Dame. I just feel LSU is just a step notch, and you have that environment behind you. So great win for LSU. Uh, they control their destiny as long as they, you know, take care of business on Alabama's side. Uh, their playoff hopes are done. They can still have a good season. Ten and two uh, could get them, maybe sneak them into New Year's six, depending on what Tennessee and all the other teams do, especially if they get a win on the road at Ole Miss. So. What a game that was. Even if you're not like a you know a fan of both of these teams, if you're a college football fan, this is what you live for every Saturday. Yeah, I, I think you know, this game really sets up for what the future could be of the SEC. Uh, you know, Alabama has finally met their match. You know, we talk about this every year. If they lose a football game, they meet their match, but you know, they their two losses are on the road, uh, both of them being very, very, very close. Uh, you know about the closest margin as you can have uh, in football, but it, it seems that uh, it seems that Alabama just you know being outside of the playoff now. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't. There's no way for them to to get in. I don't think at this point uh, too much would have to happen uh, in order for that to take place, and I don't think it's going to happen. Clemson falls also. You know, so you have two teams there, three teams. Sorry, in the top six that end up falling. So uh, it really does open up some space for some other teams moving forward. Uh, outside of the Power Five, we're going to the Group of Five like we always do. South Alabama gets a touchdown win on a comeback win against Georgia Southern at Georgia Southern. Uh, heck of a win. Uh, I know that you are high on one player in particular, and I'll let you get to that. Uh, but a big win for South Alabama. They're bowl eligible now. Fantastic for them and Kane Womack and what they have done in Mobile. Uh, it is a big step moving forward into them being another, uh, just another team that was not there and now here they are. Uh, South Alabama has done atrocious in the past. And ever since they've moved into their new stadium on campus now at Hancock Whitney Stadium, it seemed like they have, you know, felt more at home, obviously. And uh, they seem like a much better football team now that Kay Womack is back from Indiana. 
is now the head coach, and uh, it, it seems like they're off on the right foot, obviously being bowl eligible for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, but I'll get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, I thought that at first, like going through the notes, that, that we were actually going to talk about Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina, but I just had to put this game on because South Alabama down in this game 31-17 to at, at one rate, and they were just dead in the water. But here comes the day. I said that he had a dog in him, and he definitely has 247 yards, four touchdowns. Just talk about putting the team on your back. Like you mentioned, that is a good point, you know, moving from last is absolute of a dumpster fire of a stadium. I'm glad that they made, made the move. They definitely needed that. I mean, you're seeing this is definitely a bigger attendance. You know, these uh, South Alabama fans are definitely buying into the program. And, you know, it's easier to buy in when you have a good football team. The last couple of years uh, down there in Mobile has not been, you know, up to the standard South Alabama, you know, is doing because they have to deal with Southern Miss as well. Like, I feel like that's going to be the next great robbery. Now that they're in the Sun Belt, you know, it's only like a two-hour drive from Hattiesburg to Mobile. Uh, so it's not too far away. So this was definitely a much-needed win, especially, you know, since you, you know, really don't control your destiny in that division since you lost to Troy. And Troy was also down 17 to nothing in their game uh, before coming back as well. So that definitely seems, uh, if you're a Jaguars fan, you definitely need uh, Troy to, to lose a game. That was pretty much uh, one of your best moments there. But Really, South Alabama, all they need to do is just keep on winning. They have uh, Texas State coming up this week. They should win pretty easily. They're a three-win team, uh, even though that Texas State beat Appalachian State, which I still don't know how that happens. Uh, but, yeah, this was just, you know, they faced adversity first half, down 17, uh, but they didn't quit. Uh, so this South Alabama team has fight in them. Uh, hopefully they can get to, to 10, 10 and 2 and hopefully – you know, maybe they can sneak in uh, into the to the Sunbelt Championship. They probably won't host it since it's looking like Coastal is probably going to take that. Uh, but, you know, if they can at least, you know, get to 10 wins, even if they don't win the division, what a step in the right direction program. I got to give credit uh, to this program. I mean, it's been a rough years, and this, w- this would definitely be uh, – could be, you know, going into the New Orleans Bowl or something like that if they can, you know, control their own destiny. Yeah, and it seems crazy, you know, South Alabama – has had the reversal effect happen. You know, you know, this team was two and ten, three and nine, uh, four and eight for many years. Uh, and now it seems like it's it's flipped and all of a sudden they could be a ten and two team uh staring down the barrel of a Sunbelt championship. So I, I feel like uh it's a great step for them moving forward. Georgia Southern's a good football team. No discredit to them. They are a fantastic football team, very well coached. Uh, you know, they got a big upset win against Nebraska on the road. It was Nebraska, you know, the same team that ended up firing their head coach. Uh, that was absolutely terrible. But, you know, for Georgia Southern, I mean, they're a good football team that can uh, score in 31 points. I mean, the problem is, is on the defensive side, I mean, y- you hold South Alabama to 17, and all of a sudden, here come the floodgates opening up and they score 21 unanswered and end up winning this football game. Uh, it does speak a lot to the fact of you having a veteran quarterback uh, under center you know, for South Alabama, I think, uh, is very good. And, of course, that quarterback running back uh, you know, relationship there is is positive for them, and they're, they're a big win here. And, of course, bowl eligible, like we said, 
So great for the group of five, obviously. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, we'll keep a close eye on it. Uh, but moving on now to our games of the week, of course, it is always brought to you by a sponsor. And our sponsor is Fanatics. If you guys want to go get all of your fan gear, of course, we're getting close to the end of the season. So yeah. go pick up all your fan gear. Uh, it is getting close to that time. Uh, so if you guys want to head over there and use the link, down in our description in our show notes or if you are watching the show live you can see it there on your screen now uh head over there and see what you can get i mean they always got deals going on what is the deal going on today tyler i knew that mondays are always coming in through the clutch uh use code pine for up to 65 percent off why like you mentioned uh, you know with uh, the end of the season wrapping up once we get closer to the, to the conference championships they'll be releasing you know whatever if your team, you know, is lucky enough to make it to your conference championship, you can go ahead and stock up on your gear. Use our link. Help us out. Definitely uh, got all the good merch that you need. And, you know, you know, with the Christmas holidays coming up, could be a good gift as well. Absolutely. Get a good good early start on it. Of course, they will have a lot of Black Friday deals coming up yep. in the near future, so you guys can look out for that. And, uh, of course, you always can help our show uh, by using our link. We do get... Uh, a little proceeds from that in the end of it all. And it does help us grow our show, more technology, more things going on, more people coming on. Uh, so it makes it good for us going in the future as well. And for your experience as a listener, uh, getting into our games of the week, first in the ACC, we got a big one here. Uh, number 15, North Carolina, they have cracked the top 15. Now uh, they are headed to wake forest. They're going to play against the demon Deacons who uh, just, who knows what they are. <laughs> Right now, uh, I mean, two losses that are terrible back-to-back weeks. Um, they have now eliminated themselves out of any chance of being in the top 25. Uh, and they've shot themselves in the foot, basically. Uh, I think f- this is bigger for North Carolina. North Carolina needs a big win here uh, on the road. If they get this win by a decent margin, they can climb up a lot. And uh, just based off of what's ahead of them and the people that are two lost teams that are ahead of them, I think that they are, if they're, if they get this win that ultimately will vault all of those uh, for the most part, unless something crazy happens. But I think the Tar Heels can win this game and I'm going to go with the Charles to win it. Cause of course I picked them to win the ACC uh, and it's getting closer and closer to that time. And of course I hope I'm right for the second year in a row. That'd be nuts. Uh, but I'm going to take the Tar Heels in this one. I think they can take care of business pretty easily. It's a matter of how many points they can score. Uh, I think it's probably 34. I think they can hold Wake Forest to 21. So I'm going to go 34-21, and I'll give it to North Carolina on the road. Yeah, this is a bigger game uh, for North Carolina. Wake Forest, you know, they were a top-10 team two weeks ago, and then they lose back-to-back games uh, to Louisville and to NC State, both road games. And in North Carolina, ever since they, that they lost uh, in the early weeks against uh, Notre Dame, that was one of their worst games that they played. I feel like if they probably would still lose if they played uh, once again. I just feel like Notre, uh, Notre Dame's been rolling. And, you know, North Carolina's not really getting talked about. All the talk about has been, you know, Clemson, you know, just running away uh, with the ACC. You know, they still will probably see championship. Uh, Notre Dame wasn't really – a conference loss so it was out of conference since Notre Dame's an independent uh so I could see this one uh being a high scoring shootout I mean North Carolina's defense that really stepped up last weekend against Pittsburgh uh, you know they 
Uh, North Carolina's defense has been one of the worst uh, in the NCAA, uh, and then Wake Forest as well. Their defense hasn't been able to get it going. So I could offense on two really good quarterbacks, Sam Hartman and then Drake May. I feel like Drake May, you know, needs more Heisman discussion. I feel like if North Carolina finishes the season 11-1 and beats Clemson, that could definitely help them out as well. Uh, for North Carolina's uh, playoff hopes, I definitely think they're not out of it quite yet. Uh, I would definitely – uh, they were number 17 to start uh, for the college football playoff rankings. It would definitely be interesting to see tomorrow night where they are. I feel like if they can get to 13, 14, even that range uh, before this game and then win this one pretty convincingly, they'll, they'll be a team uh, in two weeks. So that would definitely be huge uh, to get that. So I think that North Carolina wins this game. I think it's going to be close. I think that Wake Forest uh, is going to want to, you know, end this two-game losing skid at their own butt on it. it I just kind of rolled this high-powered offense, Josh Downs, one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, so, I got to go uh, with UNC here. I think they win this one 38-31 over the Demon Deacons. A little close touchdown game for you there at Wake Forest, uh, but we both take North Carolina. The other one here in the Dome in Syracuse, New York, it's the number 25-ranked Florida State Seminoles headed up north to face uh, the unranked Syracuse Orange. They are no longer a ranked football team anymore. They have skidded down uh, out of the top 25, a couple of abysmal weeks for them. And I think uh, they need this win more than anything. Florida State is looking better by the week they're just kind of hanging on there moving the moving the the pawn forward i mean it's all it is for them and i just feel like this game means more for syracuse even though they are unranked i think that this is a big stepping stone for them if they do win this game i mean they would have a a, a couple of ranked wins on the season you know, with this with this being a win you know they played a lot of ranked team this year this year and uh i think that they can get a win here especially being at home. So I'll take Syracuse at home just because of the environment. Uh, I think that they'll end up winning. I th- I give it to uh, Garrett Schrader and that offense. I just feel like they're on, they're just, they're a better team. I feel like at home than Florida state would be on the road and uh, no discredit to Florida state. They're well-balanced football team, big wide receivers. I'm surprised that they are 25 to be honest with you. Uh, but I don't think anything can surprise too much of us at this point in the season. Uh, but I'll take Syracuse to win this one. I don't think it's going to be crazy high scoring. I'll go 27-24, and they'll win by a field goal. Yeah, Wake Forest and Syracuse have been on the, the same downward spiral this past uh, two weeks, so I picked them. Their offense has stunk uh, up the past uh, two weeks, only putting up nine points against Pittsburgh. It was a 19-9 loss at home in the Dome. Uh, Florida State, on the other hand, just doors off of their rival Miami on the road, 48-3. to three. Uh, So that was a huge for that Florida State program moving forward. You know, Florida State, you know, hasn't really been talked about uh, since week one victory against LSU. I mean, they just been their own thing, and they've, they have three losses on the season all coming uh, to the hands. I believe they lost uh, to Louisville and then Florida, uh, to, to Clemson as well. Uh, so I think that Florida State is just a better overall football team. Uh, I feel like this is going to – the battle Syracuse's offense just haven't been able to move the ball I just think that you know they haven't been able to get their running game going and when, when they can't get their running game going they're going to lose a game so I think that Florida State's overall is just better so I got to go with the Knowles I think they win this one 24 
uh, to 17 in this one and get the win on the road. And that's our first disagreement we've had in over a week. Can yeah. you believe that? I feel like <laughs> there's probably going to be a ton of them. We're going to have one week where we all agree, and then the next week we'll probably have a lot of disagreements. So, yeah, we, so we needed it. We're setting up for uh, a lot of difference of opinions here, uh, maybe in the show. Uh, so moving away from the ACC to the Big 12, a couple of good games here. Kansas State does fall down to 23, of course, after their loss to Texas. Uh, sitting at 23, they're headed to Waco to play against the Baylor Bears. Uh, this is a game of uh, cat and mouse, I think. It's it's hard to, to gauge what's going to happen here. Uh, Baylor's a good team at home. K-State's been a really good team. It's hard to discredit them. Uh, I think K-State is the better team. I'll have to take K-State in this one only because of seeing them all year, and I think they're the better of the two teams. It, it, they're so close. It, it's it's hard to say. Uh, Baylor is unranked, so it's it's hard, and, and it's kind of weird thinking that. But uh, I'll take the Wildcats in this one. I think they win by three. I think they've got a chance to win it uh, by three. So I'm going to go 28-25 in this one. Just kind of a wacky one, but I think uh, – I just I I can't I can't pick against them, uh, knowing that they've got a couple of big wins throughout this year. I feel like this is the first time we've mentioned this Baylor team on the show since uh, they traveled to Provo to face BYU. That on time, and after that, I feel like Baylor they're playing like the team that they had all the preseason expectations. Because if you forget, you know this was a top fifteen team at the start. Uh, but uh, Kansas State on the other side, like you mentioned, you know, this is going to be one of the better defenses that Baylor plays and Kansas State uh, as well. On that's uh, the flip side, Baylor's one of the better defenses. You know, Dave Aranda, the defensive-minded head coach. Uh, so, uh, you know, I could see this one being a defensive uh, slugfest uh, between the two teams. They really rely to rely on their running game, especially Kansas State and Deuce Vaughn. I'm actually going to go team. I'm going to go with uh, Baylor. It's definitely a tough environment. Down there in Waco, I feel like this is going to be a field goal a matchup. Low scoring, I'll go 28-25. Uh, to 25. I'll go with the Bears uh, getting upset at home. Man, we just flipped the teams there. He took the same score and just flipped the teams. Yeah, uh, it, it really is that close, guys. I think it is. I think we both are on the same page in that one, uh, knowing how close that game is going to be uh, based on that matchup. Uh, moving to the second game. In the Big 12, uh, this is the biggest game, one of the biggest games of the week, of the weekend, uh, in that being number four, the TCU Horn Frogs are headed to Austin, Texas to take on the Texas Longhorns, who are now ranked at 18 after their win against Kansas State. So uh, it uh, this game here is very interesting because Texas is really not in that contention, but they are at the same time. It seems, though, like TCU is just a dominant team, and it's hard to pick against them. Uh, and I can't pick against them, even though they're playing at Texas. There's no way I can because uh, they've blown everybody's expectations out of the water uh, this year, and they just seem locked in. They're ready to go. I think they're not – I don't think they're looking ahead. I feel like they're in the moment. They're a team that's true to who they are. Uh, so I'm going to take TCU over Texas in Austin. 
there. Uh, a well-balanced team, a very mature team. So I'm going to take the Horn Frogs to win it. I'm going to go 45-42. Is it close? Sure. Uh, does TCU come out on top? I think so. And I think that they stay undefeated for another week. Yeah, there's. this is probably the biggest game in TCU program history. So I feel like if they win this game, they'll go undefeated, run the table, and make it into the uh, For Texas's side, I mean – like I like we mentioned, you know they do have the three losses. You know they're they're still not out of this. So you know if they win this, uh, they could be in the driver's seat of heading into Arlington as well. So we could see if uh, once again, you know, if both teams uh, win, if, if K State continues to lose, and we see Oklahoma State continue to lose uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be the battle of the offenses here. You know, Max Duggan versus Quinn Ewers, and I just feel like TC offense has been in an offensive inclusion all the hype's been around you know tennessee state's all so i feel like tcu could be on that same level as well i know that they really haven't blown out an opponent you know all their games that they play this season outside colorado game of course uh, we know, all know about colorado they're not very good you, you know all the big 12 games have really been close they have they've either won the game like on the last drive or you know they want it like coming back you know at the kansas state game so for that reason i feel like uh their magic is going to run out here in austin i'm going to go with the longhorns uh to upset and there's going to be more shakeup we saw the shakeup in week 10 i think it's going to be more shakeup here in week 11 horns i think texas wins this one 38 to 35 in high scoring battle uh in austin wow <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm shocked. Uh, you know, you know, talking about the heart. I've been like on the TCU train, but I'm I'm getting off right now. Yeah, it just it's hard to ride with one team for a decent amount of time, knowing how many good teams there are. So I can see you doing that. Uh, and I can see the reason why you're doing that. But uh, I'm gonna take TCU in that one. But we split again. Uh, once again, in this one, that's three in a row, folks. That's three in a row, in that, a row. We, <laughs> that we've uh, you know, we're getting pretty close to saying Yahtzee uh, in this one. So I, I feel like. Uh, you know, it's a good time to move from big to big and in the big 12 to the big 10. Now, uh, a couple of, I would say snoozer games here. Uh, they really don't have too much going on. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins are traveling to uh, happy Valley to take on the number ranked 14 Penn state Nittany lions uh, who came off of a pretty big win uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, in a big blowout win, 45-14. to 14. I think that Maryland is a good offensive team. It's defense that they struggle with, and, and they always have. So uh, this one could be another high-scoring game. It just depends on if Penn State can stop Maryland from scoring. I think they can. This is one of the better Penn State defenses that I've seen in quite some time. So uh, I think that they can. I don't see Penn State having much problems with Maryland. Uh, it, it just it doesn't seem like much of a contest in this one. And I think that you might see Drew Aller get the start in this one uh, right out the gate. And I, and I think he uh, could play really well. I mean, nine for 12 last week uh, for 85 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's very, uh, very good for a young freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback to do, uh, especially on the road in Indiana. I know it really wasn't too much of a ball game at that point but he had some nice throws and some really close uh coverages that that looked really good so i, I think i'm going to take penn state at home in this one um 
I'm probably going to go 42-14 in this one. I think it's just a matter of no defense versus defense in this one. Uh, and I think Penn State is the way better team uh, on defense than Maryland. Yeah, I thought that this uh, going into last week that this might be a trap game for Penn State. And then I watched the Maryland-Wisconsin game, and Maryland only put up 10 points against Wisconsin's defense. You know, Wisconsin's defense has been up and down. You know, Maryland really could have, you know, was, you know, up in that discussion of being at the top. You know, they're, you know, they're only lost like two, three games now. You know, they're still a good football team, but their defense is really holding them back. I feel like, uh, you know, their offense can be good when it, when it can, but once they face, you know, a defense with a pulse, they get exposed, you know, at, you know, the, the Michigan game and the Ohio State game, and then now the Penn State game as well. Penn State uh, is really going to flex their muscle here. We saw Kay Allen get three touchdowns, and he also was the leading re- receiver for Penn State as well. So, I mean, he's only a freshman. He's going to be the next Saquon, I feel like. He's just the next up and coming. Uh, I just feel like I'm starting to agree with you that Drew Rowler just needs to finish the season uh, with uh, with Penn State. Start playing for the future at this rate. I mean, you really have nothing to lose at this area. It's not you can win the Big Ten East. Might as well go for it. You know, you have, you know, favorable matchups coming up. Maryland team, that, that's probably your best bet to beat you. And then you have Michigan State, and I'm not sure who they finished with. There's probably no one really uh, to – I don't know who they finished Rutgers. with. Rutgers. Is it Rutgers? Oh, That's shoot. Smart. Well, we just – Rutgers? Yeah, well, nah. I don't see this being close either. I have Penn State win the out of 21. Yeah, uh, moving away from that game, I, I know it's uh, – I do agree with you. I think it, it, it is uh, It is time to play for the future – uh, you're out of contention now. You might finish in this the top This is time 10. for him to go off in the sunset and bring on, like, the new king. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's it's just time to uh, pull the Lion King moment and send <laughs> uh, send him out. Just, and just suck him out. <laughs> yeah, and, and lift up Drew Aller and roll with him. Uh, it seems, though, you know, that's the way it should head. Of course, they're the biggest curveball of the big, biggest Rubik's Cube of college football. Uh, so it really, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I do think that they can finish in the top 10 uh, at the end of the year. They do have to win out. You'd be 10 and 2, which is a good year. You just need to win big games. And we've always said it. Uh, and they'll be 10 and 2 until the cows come home, until they can win big games. So I, I think. Uh, they can be in the top 10, and they'll get into year six once again uh, at the end of the year, but we'll talk more about that later. But moving to uh, another grab-your-pillow-and-take-a-nap, I think, uh, and that is Purdue. The Boilermakers are headed to Champaign, Illinois. They are the next one up on the agenda for the Fighting Illini, who sit now at 21. They have fallen five spots uh, after their loss to Michigan State. I think that the problem here is is that you know this believe it or not folks uh the real dramatic side of this is that this is for the big 10 west basically uh and now wisconsin could could uh could jump into number one if illinois they could i i was just looking uh to uh beat wisconsin and but illinois beat wisconsin so illinois has to win has to lose two more games for for Illinois not to make it. So they do control their destiny. Uh, if they win this Saturday, they pretty much lock it up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it. You know, if they beat Purdue this week, it, it's all but over. Even if they uh, 
do end up losing one more game before the season ends. Uh, well, I think, were. yeah, I think the story is is uh, whether it's time that Aiden O'Connell actually show if he shows us anything. It's hard to even see. Uh, you know, Purdue was actually supposed to be that team to rain on everybody's parade this year and be a ranked team, be a good team, and they're just not. <laughs> they're just not a good team right now. And uh, it's yeah, hard you don't have to, to on. I know I picked Purdue to win the Big Ten West, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's hard to think that they're the team to to win this game. I don't think they are. I just feel like Illinois knows what they did wrong last week. I think they'll clean it up, being uh, a better team this year than they have in a long time. It just feels like they're going to clean it up and get back on the horse again and keep going. Is it a lower scoring game again? I think so. Uh, I'm going to go 21-17. I think Illinois takes care of business at home. Well, of course it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, both defenses uh, haven't really scored much. I feel like, you know, Purdue's defense is Illinois' defense. You still got to give the nod to Illinois' defense. And once again, I don't really see this Illinois team. I, I think that they're going to be motivated. They know what's at stake. If they win, they get a, a trip to Indianapolis, and who knows what you have. You can spoil someone's party. You know, whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to cruise into the playoffs. We, we'll we just beat Illinois. They're, they're, you're terrible. So I think that Illinois, the players, I bet that Brett, Brett Bielma had a conversation with him today about, you know, flush that one. You know, that was, you know, one of our worst losses, you know, worst games that we played all season. It's just one game, and the end. we still control our destiny. It's not like they were going to go to the college football playoff anyways. Uh, so, you know, there's still, you know, a chance. Uh, you know, if they do, now there's an outside chance, but it's not a realistic chance that they can get a New Year's Six hold. But uh, I feel like that they're going to step up in this matchup. Their defense is going to step up, and they just need uh, Tommy DeVito uh, to really have a than he did uh, last week. That just can't happen in back-to-back weeks against Purdue. So I'm going to go Illinois in this one. I think they'll be able to score more than they did last week. I'll go 24-18. to 18. It's always a wacky game whenever – a wacky score whenever Illinois plays, so you might as well go with something wacky. And to the Pac-12 for our games of the week, a ranked matchup here. Number 24, Washington has vaulted themselves back into the top 25. They're headed to Eugene, Eugene Oregon take face off against the number six ranked Oregon Ducks led by the all-powerful quarterback Bo Nix. Uh, I think that this game here, uh, can Washington spoil the party? If this was in Washington, maybe so. Uh, I just feel like Oregon's the way better football team here. I think they'll get care of business. I think this is probably a two-touchdown win for them. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go 28-14. I know it's not a lot of points. Uh, I know Oregon has been scoring a lot of points, but I feel like this is a lower scoring game just based off of Washington's defense being one of the best in the Pac-12. So I'm going to go 28-14 in this one. I'll give it to the Ducks. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a top 25 matchup. The way you know, the record is uh, 7-2. Oregon has been uh, undefeated ever since uh, the Georgia game. So, you know, this could be a game that Oregon can really flex their muscles and really show the playoff committee that they do belong uh, in that top six discussion, you know, and still in the playoff discussion, you know, as long as they can handle their business. Uh, Washington, on the other hand, I feel like defense is really going to be able to test Oregon. You know, Oregon's offense has been cruising. Bo Nix is like a Heisman candidate. 
Uh, we saw him, you know, have two touchdowns, uh, two – it was like two rushing touchdowns, two passes, and he also caught a touchdown. So that he pretty much did it all against uh, Colorado as well. But I know that I picked Washington upset pick, uh, but that really wasn't a lot of confidence in that pick. I kind of just floated out there. I think the Ducks flex their muscle this week. Uh, that They're still the uh, contenders. Uh, really good program builder that uh, Dan Lanning has built that up. Uh, so – I think that Bo Nix is going to continue to roll in this one. I do think it's close. This game is always close. It's a rivalry game. Both schools hate each other, so they're going to be uh, wanting blood. But I think that Oregon wins this one, 34-24, pulling away late. And another one here in the Pac-12, the Stanford Cardinals in that ugly tree, the ugliest damn mascot in, the, in college football. Uh, they're headed to Utah to face off against the Utes at number 13. They're still hanging around there in the top 15, Tyler. Uh, so they are holding on to maybe a New Year's Six game. Uh, who knows? Uh, so it, uh, this game is one that I think is going to be pretty one-sided the entire time. Uh, I'm going to pick the blowout in this one. This is, this is fun. Uh, I'm going to go 42-7 to seven in this one. I think uh, Utah absolutely wipes the floor uh, with that stupid tree. So uh, it just seems like uh, this, this is a completely – one-sided matchup and Stanford's just not a great football team right now. And in Utah seems to be holding their own uh, here late in the season. You can see uh, outside of Washington, Oregon, not too many games uh, in the past. And there was Arizona, UCLA. That's probably a blowout. Arizona state versus Washington state, Washington state. If they win that one, that's below eligibility. That's a good story for them, but uh, we just have to pick one. It was a top, it was a top 15 team uh, defending their home. Or if this is going to be a blowout, uh, we could see, you know, David Shaw be the next head coach fired. I would not be shocked of that. I know that he's been there. He's been a really good program at Stanford. Stanford just for like the past two years, it's just been absolute. I don't. I just don't know what's happening with this program. It's just not the Stanford that we're used to. You know, just being a consistent winner in the Pac-12. You know, competing with Washington, competing with USC, Oregon. But this is a blowout. It's just what is going to be you. In this one, uh, I'll say 45 to 10. Stanford will score at least a touchdown in garbage time. Hey, giving them benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Uh, in moving away from the boring tw- Pac-12 matchups and onto the SEC, uh, two good SEC games here. The first one, a 10 and 11 battle. Alabama falls down to 10, and they're headed to Ole Miss. They're headed to Oxford to face off against the Ole Miss Rebels, who are at 11. Uh, you know, this game here can be another game that Alabama could have problems with, uh, and I think that they will have problems with it. I'm I'm gonna be wild and I'm gonna be weird because I picked it on the on the Sports Scramble show. I picked Ole Miss uh, as my upset pick, and I'm gonna roll with Ole Miss to win this game. Uh, I think it's very close, kind of like the LSU and Alabama game. This one is a lot of offense. I mean, this is a ton of offense and. Ole Miss can score in a hurry, so I think Alabama needs to be able to keep up with it. And Ole Miss's front seven are pretty good. I mean, they they have prided themselves on getting to the quarterback. They made Will Levis's life a living hell, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, and it seems like uh, this can be another one that where they can get to Bryce Young. I don't know if they're going to sack him, but it's all about getting pressure like LSU did. And I think Ole Miss is going to be watching that tape and saying, hey, look, we need to, you know, we need to see what we can do here and how we can win this football game. And I know Lane Kiffin is chomping at the bit for this one against Nick Saban. So uh, 
I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think it's higher scoring uh, than we think. I'm going to go 45-42. I think that the Rebels take care of business in Oxford at Vaughn Hemingway. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to bet Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss is coming off of the bye week. Alabama's coming off of, you know, an emotional loss at the buzzer on the road. You know, they already have two losses. They're out of playoff contention. They're probably out of SEC championship contention. They're pretty much out of everything. So uh, just the mindset of this team, you know, you know, is this Alabama going to be like the Alabama Bowl where after a loss is pretty much they're going to spank whoever's in their way. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think that Ole Miss is going to be prepared uh, for this one. You know, whenever Alabama's defense have struggled in the past, what have they struggled against? Fast dual backs and Jackson Dart is another dual threat quarterback. And they also had to deal with, the, two, the you know the best one two punch in the country rushing attack and and um what's their names uh, Zach Evans and Quinchon Junkins uh, and you know so they also had the receiver too as well the problem is that their defense has been a little off the track they start off hot this season but the last time I saw this team they gave up forty five uh, points uh, to an LSU team that has been on fire uh, but Alabama uh, offense I feel like this is going to be able to score this could be a high scoring shootout I feel like Alabama's defense you know could be, you know they really flex their muscles against LSU on Saturday night they played very good we saw Will Anderson plays uh, so he's going to have to make uh, more plays as well the secondary is going to have to be ready because I feel like Ole Miss is not going to be able to beat you through the air but the Ole Miss of this year can also beat you uh, through the ground so uh I'm going to go with Alabama, though, with scenarios uh, that I won't mention. Uh, but uh, I think that Alabama is going to win this game. You can never against uh, Saban to lose in back-to-back games. But if that would be utter chaos, uh, we could see Alabama drop into the 20s, which would all college football fans would be like, what? That hasn't happened forever. But I think that Alabama wins this game in a high-scoring game. I do think that it's close. I think that Ole Miss – well, uh, this is going to be another four-quarter battle that Alabama is going to deal with. So, so this is a not uh, an easy task uh, for Alabama to do after very physical game in Baton Rouge. But I think they get it done. Obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss wins this game, but got to go with Alabama and Bryce Young. I think they get the job done. I'll go 38-35. A couple of high-scoring picks for us there. And, of course, this is my favorite one to talk about. It's the Battle of the Dogs. The it's dogs. the Georgia <laughs> The Georgia Bulldogs have now reclaimed the number one rank after their win against Tennessee, and they're headed to Stark Vegas to face off against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I feel like uh, it's not a trap game that Georgia can lose. Hold the phone. It's a trap game that Georgia can be close at the end of this game with Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a sneaky team. Uh, I know that they did win in overtime against Auburn. Uh, a couple of nights ago. So th- it's it's kind of a weird one to say, but Georgia struggles on the road. I mean, uh, really, they struggle on the road, and it feels like they never play any road games. Uh, but this is a true road test for them, I think, as far as points go. Um, I think Georgia wins the football game. It's just closer than people expect. Um, and when I say closer, it's probably a touchdown finish game. I think, or or two touchdowns. I mean, even that's close, to be honest with you, uh, at this stage, because I'm sure the line is more than 14 points in this one. Uh, but I'm going to go 
shoot, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna go now. I'm thinking about it. I'll go 38-24 in this one. I just feel like Mississippi State's gonna be able to score the football. They're playing at home. Uh, they have an all-out air attack. And it's all about just getting receivers open in this one. So I think they're going to be able to do it just a little bit, just enough to score points. Uh, but, of course, Georgia's offense is, is too much for Mississippi State's defense, I think. I can't figure out this Mississippi State team. It's one word to describe a roller coaster. They're up and up and down. Like, like go from, like, the Kentucky game like to last week's game uh, to Saturday night's game uh, against Auburn. You know, they were up big in that game. They're up 24-6 to six at the half. Auburn's – all the way back they ended up winning the game but still that's you know that's a team that you should be able uh, to beat uh, but Georgia this is a team you know that lost all their guys on defense and then you know they showed it uh, against you know the top ranked team in the country they felt disrespected and they blew the doors off of me so I think that this Georgia team is playing with their hair on fire and couple probably a month ago i would have pulled the trigger on this upset i would have gone with mississippi state it's at home uh you know will rogers and that offense but they were able to shut down hinden hooker in that offense i think they can do it again i don't think this one's close i think georgia once again flexes their muscle 35 13 the georgia dogs win over the dogs <laughs> and uh of course we always close it out with our one group of five game and it happens to be a ranked group of five games folks yay right group of five the uh, american championship pretty much jeez right we could here see this again. Uh, yeah we could i mean really because there's nobody else in the remotely close uh in the same zip code as these two teams really uh number 22 ucf and the knights are headed to new orleans to play against the number 16 ranked Tulane Green Wave. I, I feel like Tulane is that team that is just under the radar, flying by. Nobody wants to look at them. Nobody notices them, and they're just scooting on by. And, and with a ranked win here, I feel like they move up. I, they're in the top 15, I think, you know, with a win here. And I think it can happen. So I'm going to. I'm going to roll with the Green Wave. It, there's no, there's nothing telling me that I shouldn't because UCF is not good enough team i think to play against tulane i know they have a 22 next to their name but it they just don't feel like a good football team uh in this matchup and of course being on the road at tulane uh it's gonna be a tough one so i'm gonna take uh the green wave in this one there's no reason that tulane should not be undefeated right now at this point i think in the season uh, they should have been they've lost <laughs> they've lost some stupid game i mean just stupid that's a stupid game to lose uh especially they at home. that one i mean they could be a top 10 team Absolutely, they could be, and I don't want to say that they'd be the new Cincinnati, but they'd be pretty close to it, uh, and, and it seems like uh, they're on the right track, and they're they're running really well uh, in a way better football team than I saw in previous years, so uh, Tulane, all the credit to them. I'm going to take them to win this one pretty easily and pretty big. I'm going to go 34 to 10. I think that they can shut down UCF's offense. They look abysmal. I mean, they don't look like they can score points to be honest with you. And uh, I think TCU is going to, or TCU, I think Tulane's going to take care of business. Hey, you said it perfectly. You know, Tulane's going under the radar. It's kind of tied. They're going to be on high tide on Saturday afternoon. I just feel like you perfectly you know UCF is a different football team on the road versus at home they're a better football team uh, you know just look at the Cincinnati game just look at the you know the, the Tulsa game where they put up seven 
points. And then games that they played in, they lost to Louisville. They lost to East Carolina. They got blown out. So I think that Tulane, with their offense and the way that their defense has been playing, I think that they really should. They're the class of the American uh, Conference this year. I think that Tulane wins this one. About points, I think they get it done. I'll, I'll go uh, 38 uh, to 24. I think they get the job done. They really show that they are for real this year. Yeah, and of course, moving to our abbreviated segment of the AP uh, poll, Risers and Falls. Of course, they're always brought to you by a sponsor, and that being the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company is our sponsor for our AP poll top 25 risers and fallers. Uh, and if you guys want to go check them out at buff www.buffbrew.com, that's www.buffbrew.com. Of course, the Astros did just win the World Series. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of high spirits down there in Houston. Uh, and of course, their team had an all-out shootout with SMU. Uh, that was crazy. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Houston right now. So it uh, is a good time to head over there to Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Go pick some up. Uh, go pick up some of uh, what they have to offer over there and try it out. I guarantee you, it's good. Uh, it is always good. So uh, if you guys want to go check them out. It is uh, at their website at www.buffbrew.com. That is a tongue twister. Uh, moving on to our AP poll, risers and followers. Tyler, we'll start with the followers as we normally do. Uh, who is your follower of the week, man? I, I know it doesn't mean too much in the grand scheme of things of the college football playoff rankings, but it, it is still meaningful yeah. in some aspects. I'm going to go with uh, what I said was my fraud of the week. That's going to be Clemson. Um, like I mentioned uh, on last night's show, too, I mean, I feel like for Clemson to really get back to the playoff race, they would need TCU to lose. They would need Oregon to lose. They would probably need LSU to lose once again. Uh, so I just feel like this has been a team that's been on thin ice. You know, they've been, like, escaping, like, every – it's feel like it was like a TCU, you know. I mean, TCU has been a better football team. They showed it, you know, Clemson. You know, has been up and down. You know, they they pretty much have been playing you know same football like they did last year. But last year, you know, whenever they didn't play good, they lost. This year, they didn't play good, but you know, their defense stepped up for them. Their defense didn't step up for them at all. Uh, so I feel like Clemson uh, is my fall of the week just because the expectations uh, that they had. You know, they were just cruising along like, all right, here we go, college football playoff, and then Notre Dame laps the door in their face uh, on that. So Clemson's my fall of the week. Yeah, for me, my follower of the week's probably going to be K State. Um, just terrible loss. Uh, I mean, at home against a Texas team that looks like they're just trying to find the momentum again. I I think it's a bad loss for them. Uh, it'd be a big win for them, and I think they're in the top ten if they do hold on to that game. Uh, but falling all the way down, uh, it, it it hurts pretty bad. So I I've uh, I've got K State on on my follower. Um, for risers, Tyler, who is your AP riser of the week? Yeah. No, we're back now. Uh, so if you're asking me my my rise of the week, I'm going to go with Liberty. Uh, I think that, you know, this was an Arkansas team uh, that a lot of people are doubting. You know, I feel like they're a better football team that their record have showed. You know, a lot of people are already calling for St. Pittman. That's just 
that's just absurd at this rate. I feel like they have the talent, you know, that they're better. But man, Liberty, once again, if you, you know, everyone's talking about Tulane, everyone's talking about UCF. No one's talking about this Liberty team. I mean, their one loss came in the early weeks of the, of the season. So, you know, um, they would definitely need a, a lot of help, especially if, like they would need a, a Tulane loss. Uh, so, they're sitting at number 19 now. They moved up four spots on the AP poll. I'll be interested to see if they sneak up into the to the college football playoff poll as well. So definitely a huge win uh, for Liberty. Uh, for Liberty, and so we'll see a few frees of six around them, especially you know if Auburn uh, open it up, you know Nebraska open it up. So I give it to the Flames. Yeah, that's a good pick there. I uh, I do like that one. Uh, I think for me, my riser of the week, uh, it's got to be LSU. They went up eight spots. I mean, with their win at home against Alabama, uh, I know it's kind of a cop out pick, but you know what? I, I got to take uh, LSU. One of us had to take it. I mean, eight spots moving up there with a big win against Alabama. Uh, you're all of a sudden they're included in some of the talk around the town. So uh, being at number seven now in the in the top. 10 of the AP poll they're they're in there I think for the top 10 in the college football playoff rankings as well you know being at seven teams don't move more than three normally so it's either up three or down three normally in the playoff ranking so I I think uh, for them it's a big win and it's a big step forward for them uh, and ultimately trying to get their SEC championship and uh, maybe something happens and you know I think Chet thinks that something can happen (laughs) and them sneak into the top four but who knows but I, I think you're living in more of reality than him in the sense that LSU is yeah. probably going to get a really good New Year's Six game uh, based yep. on how they've finished out the rest of the season. And I think a lot of people in Baton Rouge are content with that. And uh, you know what would be great? LSU I, saw something. Showing. I think I saw uh, Brett McMurphy had LSU versus Tulane. What a scene that would be. That would be uh, – I wish that would be a sugar bowl because that would just be an insane scene down there in, in the Big Easy. But was uh, – I think it was the either the Cotton Bowl or the or the Peach Bowl, something like that. But uh, speaking of those college football playoff rankings, let's go ahead and project uh, the top six. Uh, let me let me hear yours before I'll go. Uh, for the top six, I think I'm going to start uh, first at number one with Georgia. I think that they're uh, the all consensus pick for number one right now uh, in the country, and I think they will be at the end of the year. I don't see them slipping up. In any games, uh, finishing out the year. So I'm going to take them at number one. Uh, number two, I will put uh, I'll put Ohio State at number two. I'm going to roll with them. I think that they're probably the better team over Michigan. You know, it'll be a 2-3 matchup when they face off against each other more than likely, unless something crazy happens. Uh, but I'll roll with Ohio State to win that one. Uh, at number three, I'm going to go with TCU. I'm going to take uh, the Horn Frogs to uh leapfrog <laughs> into uh that next position up just based off of the game between Ohio State and Michigan. So somebody's gonna have to take that three spot and I think TCU is the team for that. I think they'll win out. Um at number four, I'm probably gonna put uh North Carolina. I think that if they can win out the rest of the season and beat a good uh Clemson team that looks like they're falling apart slowly. They look like the Clemson of last year slowly. Um I think North Carolina can be that team, and I hope they are that team uh, for the sake of my life. And at number five, uh, I'm probably going to put the Oregon Ducks. I think that they're that fifth team that just isn't in there uh, just based on what has happened between some of the really good teams 
ahead of them. It's hard to put Oregon behind uh, behind North Carolina. It could really go either way there. I mean, here next week I might say, you know, hey, Oregon looks like a better team, and they might be that fourth team to sneak in because uh, their only loss is against uh, an undefeated Georgia team that really looked good to start the season, and Oregon was trying to find themselves, which I understand. Uh, so, and of course, it, it really is uh, – a toss up there at the four spot. And then at six, uh, at number six, it, that's a hard one. And, and I just don't know what to, I don't know what to think here. I think number six, uh, believe it or not, is probably going to be, uh, I give it to Ole Miss. I, I, I think, I think Ole Miss can be, uh, that team. I just feel like, too much is going to go on between USC and UCLA there sitting at eight and nine. I think there there's going to be something that happens there between those. Cause whoever wins that game is going to face off against Oregon for the pac 12. And uh, I think Oregon's going to win that one. So both of those teams would end up falling and somebody has got to fill the shoes. And of course I took Ole Miss over Alabama and they're the next in line. Uh, or I take LSU at six. And you know what? I'm going to change my pick. I'll take LSU, LSU at six, only because they're sitting at seven right now. Um, and they look like they're going to be in that spot because LSU has the head-to-head. This one make it, makes it hard, folks. LSU has the head-to-head against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss only has one loss on the schedule. So That's why Ole- I think uh, they put LSU at 10 because they probably were very high on Ole Miss, but they just couldn't put you know LSU behind them since they beat like 25 yeah and that's what makes it hard and i think it's gonna that's that's that talk is gonna come up again when we get to the college football playoff finishing i think uh not that it's gonna matter because they'll be sitting i mean they'll be talking about six and seven at that point uh but when it comes to bowl games that will be uh the talk of the town there so i i think um that'll be interesting to see but that's my that's my top six right there yeah, since you gave uh, your future top six, uh, I'll go to projecting tomorrow nights of how it's going to go. So let me know if you also have, uh, you know, disagreements in my top six. You know, we can get a, a discussion on as well. Uh, so number one for me, I feel like that's going to be pretty – I feel like everyone in the nation agrees. It's going to be Georgia, number one, especially, you know, what they did this past Saturday against Tennessee. It was just really dominating. I mean, Tennessee didn't even get the lead at one point. I think they had three to nothing after that. You know, Georgia went on a, like a 27 and nothing run. Number two for me, I feel like this could go either way. But in the end, I'm going to leapfrog Michigan to number two. It's just I can't get over Ohio State. I know it was like 40 mile an hour winds of Mother Nature, but I don't care if you're playing in a hurricane or playing with the open skies and no cloud in the sky. If you're the number two team in the country and you're facing off against a one in 17, you can't struggle. You cannot. You're putting up 21 points here, saying like you're the best offense in the country. I mean, they couldn't even run the ball well against uh, in the first half. I mean, Northern probably should have won that. Turns offense just couldn't do anything because they're, you know, they're a one in seven football team for a reason. So I just can't get that out of my head. I think that Michigan uh, leapfrogs in the number two. Number three, I still have to put Ohio State. Uh, I'll just drop in one spot. I know that they still ended up winning the game. They, I would have dropped them out probably to like, 14th, they would have lost that game. That would have been a very bad loss. They would have already been playoff contention. But number, I feel like they still have an identity on the defensive side. Uh, their offense, we'll see 
you know, this week, how they do, uh, hopefully normal weather. I don't know. looks like there's a cold front coming through this Saturday. So it's probably gonna be like 20 degrees in Columbus. So, but number four, uh, I feel like, you know, this is going to be where you're probably going to get a lot of argument from this side, but in the end, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I feel like I know that they didn't look great. They didn't really look like a top four team, uh, but I just can't get over the fact like this playoff committee put TCU, an undefeated team that undoubtedly had a better resume than Alabama uh, was behind them. So I don't really see them, you know, creeping up to that. I still believe that they, Tennessee is still one of the top four teams. Number five for me is going to be TCU. I feel like they have uh, the best resume in college football right now. They had like five straight games where they, you know, faced off against the top 25 team. So, I mean, they definitely have the best resume. It's going to be Oregon. At just the body of work that Oregon, I know that they, they lost to Georgia. But the way that Georgia has been dominating as of late, I feel like they're going to forgive them for that loss uh, for now. So, I think that's uh, my top six events with that. Yeah, so, I mean, you flip-flopped a couple of teams in there, uh, you know, with Michigan and Ohio State flipping. I'm okay with that, uh, looking at it to to, to tomorrow's rankings. Uh, but I just, looking at the end of the season, I think Ohio State playing at home is has more of an advantage than Michigan. Um, yeah. And, of course, you having Tennessee at four there, I just, I don't know about Tennessee being at four, it just it doesn't seem right for them to be ahead of TCU, even if it is the college football playoff rankings. Um, I know that they both have really good offenses. They're kind of close together in that aspect. Just TCU hasn't played that team that Tennessee has. Um, and, of course, they're pretty close. So uh, I do like your top six there, and, and I think there's a lot of uh, space for some maneuvering around in that top six uh come time for the final college football playoff, uh, you know, standings when, when we get to the end. Um, you know, we always close out with our news and our question. Of course, the news, the big news is, is uh, Kansas becomes bowl eligible after their win against Oklahoma State. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks and that program that has completely turned. Yes, round of applause for them, has completely turned that program upside down around and backwards like they're on rock and roller coaster uh and they figured it out in some sense and uh they look like they're a part of the show again we've talked about them extensively throughout uh the season and they're a good football team and i think that uh it, a lot of credit goes to to what they've done with the coaching changes. So uh, Kansas Jayhawks, congratulations on becoming bowl eligible, and hopefully you get a really good bowl game uh, against a, a decent team. What a story this was! I mean, Kansas, you know, was stock of the Big Twelve. You know, they had probably like three combined wins in the Big Twelve the past couple of years. And what a what a day it is to be a Kansas Jayhawk. I mean, your your football team just got bowl eligible, and then you're your defending national champs uh, play on opening night of the college basketball season tonight. So what what a Monday it's got to be for these Kansas fans. I mean, I bet Lawrence is absolutely bumping. They ended up rushing the field. Like, they they pulled a Tennessee. They, you know, brought out the goalposts and went out the door. And I saw that video of the security. I don't know if you saw it or not. Like, the Kansas security is, like, right after the game. They're like, well, shit happens. There goes the goalpost. <laughs> it's like the goalpost isn't there. It was just so. Low. So I, 
good for Kansas and Lance Leifel. I think that was a slam dunk hire. And I think, you know, Kansas in the, you know, in the next couple of years, I know that I might, you know, be drinking too much of the Kool-Aid, but I could see this Kansas team uh, competing for a Big 12 championship. They still need a lot of chaos uh, to happen. I think that they would probably need another Texas loss, but not out of the Big 12 championship this year yet. If they went out and if some magic happens, maybe the Jayhawks and the TCU go again. It could be, and uh, that was a fantastic matchup in the regular season, so we could see that once again. Uh, so congratulations once again to uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. And, of course, our question of the week is who our picks are to win the Heisman Trophy. We're only a couple of weeks away, folks, so we've got to talk about it in some capacity. So we're going to talk about it for just a minute, uh, not too long as we're getting towards the end of our show. Uh, but, Tyler, who is your pick to win the Heisman at the end of the year? I'll actually give you the odds before that. Uh, I hopped on FanDuel. I'll give you uh, the top. Let's see, one, two, three, six guys here. Uh, so, C.J. Stroud is still the favorite, plus 180. I still don't really get that. I mean, the dude literally threw for 70 passing yards and, like, 70. I just feel like not it anymore. I feel like he would have to throw for, like, 500 passing yards against Michigan for him. To get back in, Hinton Hooker still is number two, plus 300. Blake Corm, Michigan's running back, is plus six. Nix is plus 800. I feel like that is probably not going to happen. I feel like Caleb Williams shouldn't even be on this list. I feel like he's had like better, he had a better year last year in Oklahoma than Drake May. Plus hundred, maybe that'd be a little sprinkle money if North Carolina. But I'm actually gonna go with someone not even on this list. I'm gonna go Stetson Bennett. I think he showed us that he got the call, and he's gonna get the call in New York on December. And he's gonna win the Heisman. Well, that's a bold pick there. Pick somebody outside of the top six. I'm gonna go with somebody in the Big Ten. Some guy that really has done a lot this season for his ball club, um, and that being Blake Corum. I mean, he is Michigan football uh, right now. I and I think he, back when it, it's been too, yeah, too much. It's been way too long. Yeah, it's been way too long since we've seen a running back win it, and I think this is the year that can it can be that year. Uh, and I'm going to go with Blake Corum. He just is unbelievable. It, it, it really is uh, – Watching him get up to speed, I mean, he has so much quickness and can get to the second level really fast, breaks tackles because he's so small. He's like Deuce Vaughn mixed with uh, uh, what's his name from Alabama? Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yeah, and Gibbs. It's really Vaughn and Gibbs mixed together, and that's Blake Corum, and he's just the perfect package for Michigan and that football team, and I think this yeah. is the year uh, that a running back could win it. I can't believe I'm saying that. My heart hurts saying all yeah, that. Yeah, I just feel like, though, like, I feel like Kenneth Walker, the year that he had last year, was arguably better, and he didn't even get close to winning Heisman. So I feel like, though, the quarterbacks this year isn't like the level of like last year with, with what Bryce Young is doing. You know, no one's really running away with it. I mean, we, you know, Hinton Hooker could, could have like ran away with it if he would have got the win. You know, CJ Stroud could have done the same, you know, but the weather conditions, I don't know if they're going to. Hinder that 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 should not even yeah, be an excuse. Uh, so, I think though uh, you know yeah it would definitely be huge. I think that Blake Corum would uh, definitely would get an invite uh, even if they lose. But even if they win, I could see him vault up at uh, number one spot, especially if he has a big day. 
Yeah, well, folks, there's a lot of speculation uh, in college football and towards the end of the year as we get close to our conference championships, our bowl projections, uh, you know, where we sit for the college football playoff and, of course, the Heisman Trophy picks. And if you guys want to check out any more of the content from the show, uh, you guys can head over to Facebook on CFB Coast to Coast uh, or on Twitter at CFB underscore coast, the number two coast, that is CFB underscore coast to coast. Uh, of course, we will give you guys more content, and we'll talk about Week 12 next week, and I can't believe it's going to be that time. We're going to be right there at the end of the year, man. We're going to be at the finish line talking about the last games of the season. I know, thumbs down, it sucks, but uh, we'll have a lot to talk about in uh for the next few weeks coming and a lot of exciting. We will not go away in the off season like we did last year. No, we'll we'll have plenty of, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about in the off season, but of course we still have a number of weeks. I mean, we still got till the second week of January to talk college football. Of these shows, it'll only be like 30 minutes. Yeah. We'll have a little shorter show. Uh, Obviously the hour 30 minute shows will be gone uh for the meantime but you know if you guys want to go check out leave us your comments uh and your thoughts regarding the crazy weeks that we've seen leading up uh to now and you know what could happen in the future and we'll uh, see if we can answer some questions for you guys and of course uh we will see you guys next monday at three o'clock uh to break down the week 11 and get on to week 12 Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.